every single action that you have ever taken started as a thought. So when you change the way you think, you will change the way you act, and you will change the way you live. That is hyper-conscious. No matter what you're going through right now or ever have gone through, the only way your life changes is if you change first. That is what we are here to help you do. A huge shout-out to our friend and mentor, David Meltzer of the Playbook Podcast, for sponsoring this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another very special, as always, episode of the Hyperconscious Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode where we sat down and we talked about what they don't tell you about fear. Today, for episode number 420, we are going to do the five things that we would tell our 21-year-old selves. So, time for some context. So, we are having Karen Christensen on the podcast. We met her at Brendan Burchard's Influencer Academy. I think you did. I don't think I did. Okay. Yeah, she was friends with Kim Spencer. I think I introduced you briefly, but maybe, I think it was maybe. at There lunch. was a lot going on that, at that time in my life. So anyways, um, she's from New Hampshire, and she spent 19 years in New Hampshire, small town, 10,000 people, and then moved to LA when she was 19, and now she spent 19 years basically in LA. And I was doing research for that episode because we're recording it on this upcoming Saturday, and she had has a podcast called Dreamcatcher District, and she did an episode on the five things she would tell her 19-year-old self before she went to L.A., and it really inspired me. Now, the m- important piece of this episode is the following. We have these five things. Uh, two are mine, two are Kevin's, and then one is... Jeff Squared. Us, Jeff Squared. And the key here is like, Okay, obviously there's that caveat of like, well, at 21, would you really have heard these messages? Maybe we weren't open to it, but here's the thing. What would you tell your 21-year-old self if you knew it would really click? Again, this is a hypothetical exercise, but it's a super powerful one. Fire. All right. You want to you wanna start? That, I mean, that's, that wraps it up for me. I'm, that's, that's context enough as far as I'm concerned. Okay. The other thing, too, is, okay, maybe you wouldn't need to know these things at 21 because you hadn't like any, wherever you are in life, maybe you are 21 right now. Right. Okay. Okay, cool. If you're 25, I'm sure these things are still going to be valuable. I just learned one of these like last year. Right. Literally. So, and I might've learned another one like this year. So, and as Aristotle said, you need to be reminded more than you need to learn. So we're reminding ourselves. He of these that. things. Yeah, he did. And by the way, we always do a bonus. So what do you say we tell the listeners in advance that we, number off six. the cuff, will we'll create number six? Number we don't, six have, it, we don't have it written. Number six is our favorite. Our favorite. We're going to come off, off the cuff. With yeah, it. we're doing this on the honor system. We don't have it written, so trust us. Yeah, tr- <laughs> Number one, alignment is everything. So this is what I wrote. It's basically the, the following. If I could go back and talk to my 21-year-old self, I'd, I'd sit that person down and say, listen, Alan, okay. You only get one life, okay? Uh, who is it? Uh, Bob Proctor, he says, you're only going to get one bite at the apple at this thing. This is, this is the only thing you get. The people you surround yourself with are not good or bad. They're either aligned or they're not. There is no good or bad. There is no right or wrong, but there is aligned or not, in my opinion. What does alignment really mean? Do the people around you have common goals? Do the people around you have common core values? And do the people, most importantly, around you have common beliefs? And if that's not true, that's okay, but you need to allocate your time accordingly. One core value that I had at 21 was drinking and partying. Naturally, I attract other people who value that, okay? 
There are people who I spent way too much time with, in my opinion, who did not have core values in common, did not have core beliefs in common, did not have common goals. That's the big one. Most of the people in my life didn't have common goals. I remember when I was 21 years old, I wanted to be a Fortune 50 CEO, and I was working really, really hard for that goal. And and I was around a lot of people who really didn't have that goal. And what I will tell you is this. Those three things are similar. If you have a goal that's to change history, for example, your core values are going to be connected to that. Your belief systems are going to be connected to that. So the people in your life are not right or wrong. They're not good or bad, but they are aligned or they're not. And I think that's a new frame of reference. How, what do you do if the people, like if this, if say, you know, somebody's 21 and they're listening to this and they realize that they're not necessarily aligned with their friends or they're going off alignment to spend time with their friends, what do they do? I would say reflect on it. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. I would say reflect on it ask yourself the following questions. Does this person have any common goals? Does this person have any common core values? And does this person have congruent belief systems to to myself? What if they're no's? What if they say no? And if those are no, I would say, think about how you feel after the interaction. And if you don't feel abundant and fulfilled, I would say fulfillment is the tell-all. And we've, we've done an episode on fulfillment being you know, proof that you're in alignment. If you don't feel fulfilled after the interaction and you wouldn't go back and do it again, then I would say you know, reallocate time. Reallocate time. Okay. Cool. Should I add to this one? No, nah, this is yours. Okay. Number two is Kevin's. Number two is Here mine. Here we go. Number two, comfort will kill you. Wow. Yeah. Powerful. So I, I don't, you know... Is that maybe a little bit of hyperbole? Possibly. But what I do know is the life that I'm living today is way more, like, filled with way more fulfillment, way more purpose. I'm way happier with the person I am today. Like, the life I lived before this, I wasn't living, really. So in a weird way, like, I was living in such a box that it wasn't really like I was living life. I was just kind of, like, existing, I was just kind of fitting in. I was kind of going through the motions. So when I say comfort will kill you, it will take life from you for sure. For sure. It's a completely different life. So what I would tell Kevin is, look, I know that escaping reality on the weekends feels good now. I know that not making any, almost any commitments to anything in terms of like learning or growing um, not working on your character, only caring about the car, only caring about the money, only caring about what bar you're going to. That, like, back then, I, I just wanted to be comfortable. I just wanted to do what every other 21-year-old did. And now I want to do almost the polar opposite. I almost want to do, like, nothing anybody else my age wants to do in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. Right? And that was that's 10 years. So I just turned 31 on... Uh, Saturday, don't tell anybody. Happy birthday, brother. I appreciate it. But 31 years young. 31 years young. And that's 10 years. All of that. Just getting started, yeah. All that changed in 10 years. So if your goal is to be comfortable, like if if that's what you go to, like that's what you're really playing for to be comfortable, I'm going to tell you right now, when you get there, you're going to be miserable. Because that's what Alan had, that's what I had. I was comfortable when I was making six figures. I didn't have to worry about money. It was like, oh, cool, I have another check. Alan, I know you said the same thing. It's not comfort you're chasing. It's probably fulfillment. It's probably growth. It's probably contribution. It's probably love. Like, it's not what you think it is. It's not what you think it is. And it takes me getting there to realize that. Right now, what makes me comfortable is way different than what it used to be. Like, comfort for me now is kind of relaxing, but after doing my thing. 
knowing that I'm doing my thing again tomorrow. So comfort will kill you if you let it. The only thing I'll add to this one, because it's Kevin's, it is, is think about all the things in life that require no self-reflection. So, for example, when you watch Netflix, you get to simulate the experiences, have all the emotions and mental stimulation, but there's no reflection on you. Whereas, I guess what I'll say is this, the comfortable things in life are usually the things with the least feedback and are usually the least fulfilling and the most unsavory, too. Um, you've talked openly about your struggle with porn in the past. Oh, yeah. And this is an interesting thing about porn. There's no feedback. There's no risk in watching porn short, in, the, short term. in the short term. Exactly. And, and that, that's why it's so comfortable because there's no, like, you don't have to perform. You don't have to, you know, fall in love. You don't have to talk. You know what I mean? There's no, no. There's, no it's, there's no effort required. There's no, there's, no, um, there's no risk. Yeah. It's just like, I want, I get. Exactly. No effort. Let's yeah. just say there's no effort. There's no you effort. Just, you just do it. Yep. And there's no immediate pain. Yes. And that's the problem. That sometimes the things that have the most comfort are actually the most painful in the long run. You know, smoking a cigarette might be comfortable in the moment, breathing deeply and, you know, whatever, but it's, it's a long-term pain. Number three, it is your fault and why that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, this is both of us, so we agreed on this one. So the first two, again, first one was me, second one was Kevin, third one is us, Jeff Squared. Jeff Squared. It's your fault, and that's a good thing. You want to take this first? Or? Yeah, so we were talking about relationship stuff earlier, and I screw up in my relationship. In term, like Now, my screw-ups now are far different than they used to be, mm -hmm. but if it's my fault, it's kind of a good thing because that means I have the opportunity to grow. So if you can disassociate failure or uh, screwing up or not knowing something, like it's all of that is okay. And if you take ownership for it and say, like, look, I just have to get better, and uh, that can be a heavy weight to shoulder, like, we know that. But if, if it's not your fault, then you don't have to make it your responsibility. Mm. And if it's not your responsibility, more often than not, it gets pawned off on somebody else, or it doesn't get changed. So I think as long as you can do it in a loving way and say, like, look, that's my bad. Like, could I blame traffic for being late? Sure. But it's my fault. I should have left earlier. Right. Could I blame the fact that I had a long day on the way that I blew up? Sure, I could. But it's my fault. Mm. I, I should have taken a second before I responded. You're, you're always going to be able to blame away anything that happens to you. Yeah. Because we're very good at that as humans. Yeah. Or you can get really good at taking credit and taking ownership for the stuff that you're doing and realize, like, look, that's my bad. I am going to do better. That is my commitment to you. Yeah, the only thing I'd add to that, that was fire. Thank you. Appreciate that. Absolutely, brother. Is I've screwed it up enough times. It's <laughs> it's almost like I think of uh Greg Plitt said this one time. He said every time you point outwardly, there's three fingers pointing back at you. And there's really not a lot of benefit to pointing outwardly. Because even at the end of the day, like let's say you're on a team of people and one of the people, uh, so we, we've co-hosted live events and, and we've, had, we've worked with a lot of people. I remember the person we worked with whose perception was far greater than the reality. I took ownership for that because it's my cho I chose to work with this person. So even though, yes, externally there's certain things that are like, oh, I wish you know, she would step up more. I wish, you know, I wish that her standards were as high as ours and all that stuff. None of that's helpful. What is helpful is me saying, you know what, Alan? Why is it? 
that you chose to work with someone who was this far off from alignment. And the moment I admitted to myself that this was my fault is the moment I'll make sure that that doesn't happen again. At least I'm more likely. So the last thing I'll say here about it's your fault and that's a good thing. If it's everyone else's fault, there's nothing you can do about it. If it's your fault, you can take ownership and you can do something about it. And I'll say this. Everybody kind of gets that, oh, I did that. That's my bad. But I don't think everyone understands extreme ownership. To me, extreme ownership is everything I do is my fault but also everything I don't do is also my fault. Like, people don't want to say I'm fat. But here's the problem. The moment you admit that, you know what they want to say? They want to say, ah, like, I got bad genetics, and, and you know, I don't have a gym close by, and, and I don't really like water. It's like, what if you just admitted, honestly, I'm fat because of my own poor choices. That's okay. Instead of saying I'm big boned or whatever, I know this is hardcore, but this is the truth one of them will get you improvement. The moment you admit that it is my fault that I'm obese is the moment you can actually do something about it. Whereas if it's everyone else's fault, you won't. So everything you do is your fault. Everything you don't do is your fault. Everything you think is your fault. Everything you don't think. Everything you feel and don't feel and everything you say and don't say is all your fault. But it's a good thing because you are in control of your own actions. No one else on the history of this earth can force you to do, say, think, or believe anything without your consent. And in the moment you own that and you realize that you have a choice in everything is the moment that you gain power over your own life. I would say that also when you take ownership, it's easier for other people to support you. Like, I remember when you said, like, hey, I wish, you know, it's my bad. I, I don't think we should have worked with this person. I was like, it's not your fault. Like, I co-signed it, right? Versus if... if I convinced you. Well, so yeah, <laughs> right. So what? But yeah, but you so did it. I still did it, yeah. right? So like, when you take ownership, other people are, in a weird way, other people are far more likely to let you down. I always tell the story when I was working at my old job, we used to blow blown in insulation in, and I blew like two pallets into the wrong attic. Yeah, and I called my project a couple manager. Grand up, worth, right? Yeah, it was a couple yeah. thousand dollars, and I was like, hey, just so you know, I wasted that entire pallet yeah. into the wrong thing. And he said, honestly, like, not great. It's that sucks. It's going to cost us money, but. Next time, just check your floor plan better. That was it. Like, I didn't get fired. I didn't get in trouble. Was and, I afraid? Of course. And next time, you probably checked your floor plan I did. better. I did. So you have the power now. Never made that mistake. Again. Last thing I'll say quick, right before this episode, I uh, unintentionally lied to Kevin about something and then came clean immediately. If you're telling yourself a story that's not true, it's, it's human nature. I've done it too. It's not helping you, though. Yeah. It's not helping you. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, this one's you here. This one's you. Number four. Oh, number four. Number four. There's five things. Number four is my favorite. Number four. Number favorite. four. Number Success is, is not what you think it is. So we've done masterminds on this and picture, picture a pyramid that the top there's a true north and that's your goals and your mission. At the bottom is your core values and that's the foundation. Okay. You've got your goals and your mission and then you've got the foundation, which is your character. And then in the middle, you have your daily actions, your system of success. I made the mistake early on because again, I'm pretending I'm talking to my 21 year old self. I would say, listen, Alan, you have great goals. And results matter, and that's awesome. But I got to tell you, success is not what you think it is. If you could really let this sink in, I want you to understand, true success is the person you become. Make sure the goals you have set for yourself, and to provide context, at the time I read Walter Isaacson's book, Steve Jobs, and Steve Jobs was my hero. He's a Fortune 50 CEO, 
and he revolutionized seven different industries. And I loved technology. I was in engineering school and I was like, I want to be like Steve Jobs, not in terms of him as a character, but in terms of his results. I was very results driven back then. So I had common goals. I want to be a fortune 50 CEO. What I didn't realize is what that would force, what that would make of me if I wasn't clear on my core values. So if I could talk to myself, I would say, Alan, success is not about achieving goals. It is about the journey those goals will force you to embark upon and the person you become. How you grow and how you contribute is what's going to matter most. That's where true success lives. And that's what I would try to tell him. That was fire. Oh, thank you, man. I think I would agree. I think Alan and I have very different or very similar stories in different uh, kind of different ways. But for me, I always assumed when I get when I got this, this part of me would be healed to some degree. I still feel that way in a lot of ways. We've talked about that recently, yeah. right? Um, I think it's different parts of me, but yeah, I, I assumed you know having a beautiful girlfriend would do this, having a car would do this, having tattoos would do this, being jacked did get me some results as we've spoken about. Oh yeah, but I thought being in shape was gonna change everything for me the only thing that changes that you think your external is going to change your internal your internal actually changes the external exactly. so that's that's the way hashtag your world within it goes your world within shout, oh, out, shout to out to eddie p eddie p EP. number five is is kevin yeah this is this is uh this is a good one here you might think that you want an easy relationship but in my opinion you are incorrect for the longest time, I wanted an easy relationship, right? Like, I think most people think they want an easy relationship. You watch, I've been watching The King of Queens. You yeah. ever watch King of Queens, Kevin oh, James, yeah. Leo, funny, Leo Remini? Funny show. Uh, shut up. Very, honestly, one of the funniest sitcoms ever. Yeah. But their relationship is garbage. Right. Like, they yell at each other. They do all this stuff. Like, you don't want that. But I think people assume that they want, like, you know, it's all, it's all sunshine and rainbows. And, like, we never, ever disagree or argue or anything and like it's just amazing right just so amazing it's easy i don't think that exists right <laughs> at a high level because, certainly not if you're growing right yeah what does exist like what worth having exists if you go to the gym and it's easy every time you're not growing that much period. sorry period you're just not yeah um well i'm just trying to think of other examples like if your business is growing it's not easy. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. It's <laughs> difficult. When things are easy, it's usually when you're in maintenance mode. What did you say to me just, just earlier before we recorded this episode? You said every single time we get together, everything yeah. has to change. Every, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I, know, I know it's been a real strong six days with this system, but we have to change everything. Yeah. <laughs> everything has to change. It's and it's funny. true. Like, right. Again, I, were we on a podcast? I think we were on a podcast. And I was saying, like, Alan and I were together. Like people see the studio, things got harder when we got the studio. They oh, get way, easier. Harder, way harder! It's another bill. Yeah, like it's we have to, you know, figure out our schedules. Like, are you in the studio? Am I in the studio? It's right. it's just more challenges, yeah. right? So nothing worth having comes easy, especially a relationship. Now, I always say this, you guys. If you've listened recently, you've heard me say it. If you're new. A relationship is the work you want to do. As long as it's the work you want to do. I love having deep talks with Taryn. Yeah. Sometimes they're difficult. More often than not, they are. But when we connect after and we say, like, I'm really proud of us for having that talk, that's why I think we can do this forever. That's what it's all about. It's not about being easy. It's about being a better communicator. It's about being a better partner. It's about having the guts to talk about the stuff. It's about holding space and being vulnerable, being patient, right? Like, knowing that it's okay, it's okay for it not to be okay right in the second because you guys know how to fix it. That's I would rather, what's a good example? What's a good analogy? I would rather say, 
if I had the option between never breaking a window and being good at repairing windows, I'd rather have the ability to repair a window. Mm. Like if you're playing baseball, you're gonna break a window. Right. You're gonna break some well, eggs. One of them, them one of them is a repeatable like one of them is power. The other one is like, let's make sure we never break a window. Right. Like, and it's gonna happen. Yeah. It's gonna happen. You're gonna break some window. You gotta crack an egg. Let's make an omelet, as they say. As they but say. But make sure you cook that thing up and season it nice. Serve it with a side of home fries and some toast. Oh, I'm hungry, man. Yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> so hungry. We haven't uh, eaten all day. We're starving. Speaking of challenges. So that was fire. Strong work speaking on that. Speaking of no, challenges. Five. Speaking of going, challenges. You hooked me. So speaking of challenges, we haven't eaten since oh. 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Yep. Eastern Standard uh, Which is a challenge, but that is what I Marathon Monday is I about. I starving, but... We promised the folks, the see people, that, see the persons, places, things, and ideas. Number, I have a number six. Do you have one? I don't, but I have you one can right go off, first. Right off the top. Yeah. Um, so Monday's Mastermind, if you guys are listening to this, past uh, last Monday, will be dropping on Tuesday. John Larido told me this. I said, John, how do you stay so humble, man? Like, you know, I know you have a good amount of money. You've been very successful. Uh, you're a good-looking dude. Success just seems to follow you everywhere you go. And he said, Kev, somebody told me this early on. Don't believe the press. I said, what do you mean? He said, you're not as good as people tell you you are. You're not as bad as people tell you you are. You usually fall somewhere in the middle. Don't listen to the press. And I feel like we, so many of us are waiting for somebody to tell us we did a good job and we're dreading when people tell us we do a bad job. What if it's somewhere in the middle? Like, what if you think you did a good job? Now, if you're at a place of employment and they say like, yo, I understand you think you did great, but you suck. Like, okay, maybe they're onto something because they're paying you. But like, don't, Put your self-worth in other people's opinions. Right. Because if you do, you're always going to be reliant upon that next like on Instagram, that next swipe right on Tinder, if Tinder's still a thing. Probably hot right now because of the pandemic. Yeah. People I, haven't, I don't know. I haven't been on but, a hot minute. No, me either. But if you're reliant on that, right. I think you'd be steady Jeffin. <laughs> true, true. Strong I'm fried. work. I'm fried Strong right work. Now. I'm fried. My number six is going to be, it's not a sexy one, but it is the truth. And uh, I was in a check-in with Emilia last night, and you know, I had a really deep, vulnerable talk with her. And it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. And I said, like, ch- choices. Like, if I could talk to my 21-year-old self, I would say, honestly, a lot of what has happened to you is not your fault, but it's your responsibility to do something with it. You have a responsibility to those around you to step out of this darkness and become better. And when you do that and you elevate yourself, everyone around you will naturally elevate. Stop looking at externals. Look within. Figure out what choices are leading to this lack of fulfillment. And, and that's what I'll tell all the listeners too. At the end of the day, we all have, you know, as corny as it sounds, the good wolf and the bad wolf. And the one that wins is the one you feed. Every single moment of every day, you're doing something that's either a virtue or a vice. And, and what's interesting about this is every culture knows. You can speak Chinese, and you're going to know that me getting belligerently drunk is a vice, not a virtue. You're going to know that me opening the door for an elderly woman is a, is a virtue. There, there are certain things that are, are, are universal in the human condition that are virtuous, and every moment of every day, you have a choice to be virtuous or to let vices get the best of you. I don't care if it's weed, alcohol, porn, any escape, Netflix. You know, only you know whether or not you're being virtuous. And I think life's about choice. And that's the thing I would tell my 21-year-old self is get rid of those vices, man. Straight up. Get rid of them. You know what I would say? You're not that old. 
Like when I was 21, I thought I knew everything. I didn't know. Like I, I know. have learned more in the last 10 years than I learned in the first 21. Easily. Straight up. Easily. So Probably the last three, we've learned more than we did in the previous 27. Probably. Honestly. Yeah. Like what you're going through right now, there's a good chance that it's not going to stick. There's a good chance that the people that you know right now, you might not know in 10 years. There's a good chance that maybe somebody you meet in the next 10 years is going to change your life. Like, it's almost guaranteed, honestly. So, don't get so caught. Like, your ability to grow is unreasonable. Unreasonable. I thought when I was 21, I knew it all and I had learned everything I could. I didn't know anything. <laughs> I genuinely, I hadn't read a book. Like, what do you think you know, sir? How dare you? You know what I'd tell my 21-year-old self? Don't get hammered. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd say, you know that Kevin guy? He's okay. He's okay. I would probably have said the same thing. You know, even though he didn't vote for you in law class and he man. got the whole class. Look, man. He got the whole class to literally look, man. You lost the case because of Kevin. Guilty as charged. Without. Yeah. <laughs> the, what is it? Without bail. No, no. Guilt. You, you have to be. Oh, in it. No. What is it? You have to be proved. You have to be proved. Guilty without a shadow of a doubt. There was a shadow of a doubt in there. <laughs> and that's on you, man. So like, good thing you went to podcasting and not law. Right. All right. We got to go. We do. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very curious to what yours are if you're older. If you're older. I wonder what yours are. DM me. I want to know. Please DM me as well. I really want more people to reach out to us on Instagram. I know that sounds needy. Yeah. Please do it. We like talking to you guys. Yeah. I like talking to you guys. I got to get back on my thing. If you've followed me recently, I have not sent you a video yet because I've been Jeffing, but I will. Also, if you want to start a podcast, I'm doing free 30-minute consultations. If you have a podcast, you want to grow it, scale it, monetize it, we are building and we have built a business around the Hyperconscious Podcast. It's a kind of a difficult thing to do, but we know the top leverage points. And if you have a business and you want to dial in the top leverage points, Alan is doing free 30-minute consultations on peak performance business coaching. Did a few of those last week. Did you? Really powerful, yeah. Deep inner work. Sometimes you got to grow internally. Sometimes you got to grow externally. I've got you on both facets. Also, every Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we already mentioned this, John Larito is dropping next Tuesday. This Tuesday. This Tuesday. This Tuesday. Yes, this Tuesday. But the one thing I want to say here is if you're out there right now and you next Tuesday. resonate with this kind of stuff. The Tuesday after this. Perfect. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. You're going to make it right. So if you resonate with this kind of stuff, you're growth-minded, period. You probably have a lot of people in your environment that have fixed mindsets. That's okay, but you're unplugged from the matrix. You're trying to grow and improve. You're trying to change your life. Come join us because you're going to meet like-minded people. That's the main... If Kevin and I look back at the last you know, three or four years, the main difference is the people we met, period. It's the network we've created. Yeah. Come join us and network with like-minded people. It will change your life more than anything else. We are doing what it really takes to live your dream life. Um, where I went from suicidal to the man I am today. And again, that was four years, three and a half, four years. I have learned so much, right, just to go along with this. But um, it's basically what the five most important things. Like if I could only tell you five things, I was about to die and I could say like, these are the five things that really changed it for me. That's what this presentation is all about. And my goal is to add as much value as possible. And they're down to earth things. They're down to earth, easy things that you can do because I'm a tactician, you know me, five ways to do something. We hope you enjoyed this, guys, and we will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, it would mean the world to us if you would share this with your friends. And if you have any questions, please reach out to Kevin or myself. Our contact information is in the show notes, and we can't wait to hear from you. Guys, we wouldn't be able to do this without you, so if you would kindly leave us a review on iTunes, that would help us make more people hyper-conscious.